should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, John Siegley. I'm joined by Cheryl McMillan. We are coming to you just after UNC suffered a double overtime loss to the Virginia Tech Hokies, 79-77. Cheryl, I think if you had told a lot of UNC fans before the game that Carolina would have multiple opportunities to win this game and would only end up losing by two, Given the injury news that was released just before tip-off, the realistic part of everyone's brains probably would have taken it. But at the end of the day, it's still another loss on the books. And this is just a season where you can have as many silver linings as you want. But unfortunately, the losses just keep on accumulating. You start to wonder um, if, you know, this team snake bit because... You have the news about Brandon Robinson, who was, you know, in a uh, minor car crash on January 11th, and he's still feeling the effects from that almost two weeks later. Um, So now he's not playing. So you're without Brandon Robinson, who is your top three-point shooter. You're without Cole Anthony, who obviously is your best player. Um, You're without a couple other guys, Anthony Harris, who was coming on strong. Um, And it was at a position, too, where, frankly, they don't just have much depth at all. So all that um, going into it, plus the five straight losses entering the game in ACC play. And it just felt like a situation where, you know, North Carolina maybe just didn't have it. And I I think for Carolina fans, they first off more than anything, you have to be pretty proud about the way the team played. And, you know, we're not here for moral victories and and all those things, but um, considering the circumstances and everything around it, it had been very easy. The easy thing to do would have been to just come out, not play well, know you're going to lose and go home after another 20 or 30 point loss. Um, but they stayed in it, you know? So if, if anyone's wondering about the the mindset of the team, you can tell that uh, Roe Williams hasn't lost it. Uh, they're still into it. They're still fighting. They're still engaged. So that is a positive. The negative side is, is that some of the same mistakes and part of it is personnel um, are cropping up over and over and over again, which is, um, you know, the inability to drive, um, you know, late in the game, ball handling issues, turnovers, that stuff is just systemic and it just keeps coming back. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's a personnel issue at, at the moment. I don't think it's going to change, um, you know, anytime soon un- until Cole Anthony returns. Um, but, you know, you just, it, you feel bad for them because they did play so hard. I mean, you look, look at the minutes played. Leaky Black, 47 minutes. Garrison Brooks, 48 minutes. Andrew Playtech, 48 minutes. Justin Pierce, 46 minutes. Um, so, you know, you just, we're not supposed to have a rooting interest, but you kind of wanted them to, to get that because they need something positive to happen and to lose the way they did, um, after having another double digit lead in the second half and then having a chance to win it, uh, at the end of regulation and a chance to win it at the end of the first overtime and chances to hit free throws. They just couldn't, just can't get over the hump for whatever reason. Um, so I do feel for, 
everyone involved in, in Carolina basketball right now because it, it's not like they're just going out there laying eggs. They are trying and they're playing hard. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we've said a couple times that, you know, certain members of the team just keep on having career nights. This was yet another one by Garrison Brooks. I mean, he really put the team on his shoulders, uh, 28 points overall. I mean, his performance, Rel, I think just shows that individually, you know, and collectively, I, I think that it was shown in this game as well. These guys are doing everything they can to win. And it's just unfortunate that they keep on coming up short. You know, looking at the overall game stats here, I mean, Virginia Tech only had seven minutes and 25 seconds leading for the entire game. And you're talking about a, a double overtime game. So Carolina was in control of this, but it's like you said, it came down to just execution in one or two plays. I think the biggest one to me was the end of regulation when Garrison had the chance to to win the game, but unfortunately they were not able to get him the ball in the post. They got it to him at the top of the key, and he can hit that shot, but it was contested. I mean, do you like when it comes down to those types of plays? I mean, clearly Coach Williams took timeouts. He told guys what to do. I mean, I just think you have to give a little bit of credit to Virginia Tech in, in those situations, and UNC just wasn't able to convert. Yeah, but I thought the shot that Brooks got, um, I think it was in the regulation, was I thought it was the best possible shot they really could have gotten. I mean, he had a great night. Um, he only missed seven shots, that being one of them. Um, he had one defender on him. He wasn't double teamed. He was with you know kind of in the paint. So I, I thought, you know, as far as – um, shots to win the game, that was the one you probably feel the most comfortable with, mm -hmm. um, all things considered. So, I, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. The, I think the issue maybe in both uh, the inner regulation and then in the first overtime is that they were just a little too casual um, in getting into the offense. I think that might have been because they're very scared that Virginia Tech, you know, would come down and, and try to hit a three and leave them some time. But, you know, the offense didn't really start getting initiated in both of those situations until about seven, you know, seven, six seconds left um, in the game. And, and North Carolina right now just doesn't have the talent to be able to um, do those things where they can, you know, break defenses down, uh, get into the paint, dish for open shots, those sort of things. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. And, you know, just it's I, I think, again, not to. Um, not talk about this individual game, but you just have to take a step back and, you know, talk to yourself from October of 2019. And if you said that North Carolina had a crucial road game, they were in double overtime and the game was tied and on the court were Leaky Black, Garrison Brooks, Andrew Playtech, Justin Pierce, and Jeremiah Francis, you would think, you know, there was a disaster. So you just, I think people just have to keep that in, head, in their head. I understand that it's frustrating for North Carolina to continue to lose and to lose in a way that they really never lost before. Um, but I, I think context is important. Injuries are not an excuse, but they do explain why the team has struggled to some degree. There are some things that aren't attributable to injury, but I, I do think that needs to be pointed out that Leaky Black played 47 minutes. I'm saying it again. Garrison Brooks played 48 minutes. Andrew Playtech played 48 minutes. Justin Pierce played 46 minutes. You know, there's no depth. There's no, uh, you know, not much else on the bench that, you know, can come in and play. So I just think people need to keep that in mind before, you know, they completely bury the team. It's not, 
that the guys aren't trying. I think it's pretty clear. It's not that they've quit or anything like that or Williams has lost them. They're just struggling because the pieces aren't fitting together. Um, they're missing, you know, two really good, one great player who's going to be in the NBA for a long time and then a, a solid starter in Brendan Robinson. So it's just, it's hard to expect them to come into Virginia Tech and win. But then when they go play that way, you're kind of like, well, where has this been? Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. There's no easy answer. Um, but they've, they've got to just keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, all things considered, I thought that was the best they played in a long, long time, maybe since Oregon, when you consider they were down Brandon Robinson, they were on the road. Um, so they just have to keep at it. That's really the only answer. That's the only thing they can do. It really is. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned the, the guys that were out for this game, but let's also remind everyone that, I mean, Leaky Black is not 100% healthy. Jeremiah Francis is also not 100% healthy. I mean, those are two guys that are really playing through pain and giving everything that they can. I mean, it just it just sucks that they keep on coming up short, man. It really, really does. And I feel so bad because as frustrated as the fans are and everyone listening to this podcast, I mean, the, the coaches and the players themselves, I mean, they feel just so much worse. We've said it after every loss, but it's ones like this that can especially sting, I feel. I mean, but, you know, the locker room sticking together, Sherelle, if there's one thing that moving forward I think is going to be key, I mean, Carolina does have a quick turnaround. They play Miami on Saturday at noon. That's a home game. The fact that it looks like the locker room is still there. These guys are still giving it it all. I mean, to me, that's kind of the biggest positive takeaway from this game. What what would you say about that? I think my biggest. So you know, going back a, a couple of months ago, I guess mid December, we said North Carolina struggling, um, but with Cole Anthony out, what you kind of have to look for is you know signs of how this this uh, situation might help them uh, in the future for this season and then into next season. And the two biggest things we were saying were, oh, Jeremiah Francis and Anthony Harris, you know, those two guys, if they play well and, you know, they, um, you know, get minutes and they improve, then that really helps North Carolina heading into next season. I think what we didn't expect was that Garrison Brooks would actually be the player who's improved the most um, by far over the course of the season. Now, some of that is opportunity because he is the most senior player on the team now with Brandon Robinson injured. And uh, he's getting a lot of shots. He's getting he's got a good usage rate, um, especially over the last month or so. But I think you're seeing his confidence at an all time high. And that is something that, you know, if you're searching for something to say, what what good came out of the season? I think that is going to end up we can look on, look at that next year and say that was a really big thing, because not only is he playing well, but he, he's playing at all ACC level. You know, there aren't many players for a season who have averaged a double double under Roy Williams. Um, I used to know it off the top of my head, but I think it's like five or six. Hansborough, um, I shouldn't even started, but I think it's Hansborough, Bryce Johnson, Luke May, um, Sean May, Sean, maybe Sean May. I'm not sure if Sean did or not, but it's just it's a small list, um, and so he has a chance to do that. And then, did you ever think you would say, you know, Garrison Brooks putting up 35 and 28 and 25 and 22? You didn't think you would say that. So the fact that he's learning kind of on the job how to be a go-to scorer. That helps North Carolina, you know, when Cole Anthony comes back this season. And it also will help North Carolina a ton next season when they have, you know, freshmen in the backcourt again. Um, and then, you know, Bay him and Baycott should, you know, be back together. So I think that's huge for North Carolina. And if you're trying to just search for 
something positive out of all of this. I think that's one thing you can look at is that Garrison Brooks has become a really, really special player. Yeah, he definitely has. And I do think that when Cole Anthony comes back, you're going to see Brooks and Baycott play at an even better level because I think with him in the offense, it's just going to be so much easier for them. I mean, Brooks got his points tonight by just playing bully ball at some points. I mean, the drive that he had in the second overtime, I think it was when he tied up the game when UNC was down. I mean, that was just an outstanding play. He knew that Virginia Tech could not stop him. Baycott, unfortunately, fouled out in this game. He was also playing really well, though. And I think once Anthony comes back, let's just talk about that because, you know, looking at how the team is playing right now after this game, I think there is some positivity there for the rest of the season, not necessarily NCAA tournament positivity, but, you know, this is probably not going to be as bad as what people are anticipating with Anthony coming back. And I think Sherelle, if you had mentioned that question after the pit game, when you just look lifeless, it's a completely different scenario. But now, I mean, Carolina played really well against Clemson. That was an unfortunate loss. Pitt, not so great. But then tonight at Virginia Tech, they clearly are still fighting it. So when Anthony does rejoin the team, I mean, do you think that that is going to be just that really push that they need to get over these humps and start closing out some of these close games. Yeah, I think it'll give them a jolt of energy. Um, you know, anytime you have a player of that caliber coming back onto your roster, especially um, at a position where they have struggled since he's been gone, and especially when, you know, if you talked about in the preseason, what's the one thing that can rail, derail North Carolina season? It was, well, if Cole Anthony misses time. So, um, you know, I think it'll help them whether or not it'll help them get over the hump. You know, you have to remember, even though Cole Anthony is a great player, he won't have played for at least, you know, five and a half, six weeks. That's a long time to be out. Um, he's only played two ACC. No, he only played one ACC game. So ACC games are different from, you know, playing in the Bahamas or, or, or wherever, play, you know, playing um, other teams. You know, he didn't get to play at Gonzaga. He played against Ohio State, but you know, just going into different atmospheres uh, during ACC play is, is a is a step up, I would say, from some of the neutral site games that he saw earlier in the season. So, um, you know, he'll be good, but he just he's going to have to take his time, too, and come back. Like we said on the pack class on Sunday, he can't try to make up for being out six weeks with every shot. It, it just can't work that way. It's got to be um, play his game, do what he's capable of do what Coach Williams asked, and then try to start snowballing some momentum. Um, but it's going to be difficult because they have a tough schedule. They have a lot of games on the road. Um, there's still players who are injured. We, we aren't, aren't exactly sure, um, you know, their situation. You know, everybody's banged up, and they're going into a very difficult stretch. So it, it'll help. Um, but I, I just think they've dug themselves too much of a hole um, to try and, and, you know, make a run for the NCAA tournament. It's just going to take – a magical run in the ACC tournament, I think, to um, try to get there. And, but, you know, anything's possible. Um, Cole Anthony is a great player. And like we said, all offseason, when you have the best player on the court, you know, anything can happen. Let me take a very quick break to talk about our friends at John T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com. They are your place to go for Carolina gear. If you're going to be in Chapel Hill for any of the, of the upcoming basketball games, you can head over to their store on Franklin Street where they have been in business for decades. 
They have the absolute best customer service. It's where you can find all of your winter gear. It is finally getting cold here in North Carolina. So if you need some scarves, some hoodies, jackets, sweaters, whatever you need, you can find it there at Giant T-Shirt. If you can't make it to Chapel Hill, you can always shop online at GiantT-Shirt.com. Get that same great customer service and the same great selection. And do not forget that if you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you get 10% off of your orders. You can get that 10% off code from the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Sure, let's wrap it up with this. I want to talk about the defense for just a second here because I think that is going to be kind of an overlooked area where Cole is going to help out the team because, you know, this was a game that Virginia Tech shot 37 threes. Now, they only made 14 of them, 37.8%. You know, that's a pretty decent number from UNC's perspective, but still giving up 14, I mean, that was the deciding factor in this game. And a lot of that was because you had guys like Pierce and Playtech. They were helping off a lot whenever Virginia Tech could get penetration from the other guard spots. But I think that that is an area where Anthony's going to help out a lot, and that's probably not what a lot of fans are thinking of. So let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast talking about that about what he can bring on the defensive side, maybe help UNC not have to bring a guy into the paint and they can do a better job of closing out those three-point shooters. Yeah, well, part of it is that that's what they're taught to do. Um, part of it is the system. Um, so it's, it's not 100% on them, but um, part of it is the system. Part of it is them maybe being a little slow in the rotation or them um, maybe not seeing something ahead of time or them helping off of someone who probably shouldn't be helped up of helped off of. Um, I think the other thing with Cole, you know, even before uh, he got injured, you know, Roe Williams a couple of times said he's got to play better on defense. Uh, so, you know, he, he will help again. He will help. But I think we just have to be careful about um, expecting him to come in and be, you know, a, a hybrid of LeBron James and Michael Jordan, because <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, he already had tons of pressure on him when the season started just because of the way the team was built. Now you add in, you know, the first six game ACC losing streak in school history. You add in the first loss at home to Clemson in Carolina history. You add in one of the most anemic offenses in the history of North Carolina basketball. And that's just more stuff that's going on his shoulders. And so, um, I, I just wonder, um, you know, what kind of conversation you know, the staff is going to have to have with him because he's going to be juiced up whenever he comes back. He's going to be excited. He's going to be ready to go. Um, he is the type of person who will believe that he can put North Carolina's back and, and take them to the tournament. And I'm not telling him he can't, but um, I, I just, you know, they have to be very careful, I think, about how they manage him. I didn't answer your question specifically. Um, I, I think it'll help just because it's a, another another body, somebody who's quick, uh, somebody who has good instincts that can play on the ball defense. And um, that's something that they haven't had a, a ton of um, since he's been in, since he's been out. So, 
it'll help. But again, with everything else, there's just got to be um, some expectations have to be reeled in a little bit because um, he he can't save the season by himself. He can certainly help them, um, but everybody's going to have to play better if they're going to um, make a miraculous run and make the NCAA tournament. Well, if, if UNC is going to end their losing streak, then the Miami Hurricanes, who are coming to Chop Hill on Saturday, like I said earlier, they might be the perfect team for that because Miami, looking back over their last five, I don't know if they played today or not. I don't think so. They played at Duke yesterday, but they have only won one game in their last five. They're on a three-game losing streak. Uh, they might be the only team ahead of UNC in the, in the ACC conference standings. So, I mean, this is a game that Carolina can get a win against a weakened opponent. I think despite the loss, the hope for the North Carolina staff is that someone like Justin Pierce, who I, we didn't mention, but had a, I thought had a, a pretty good game, maybe his second best, um, you know, absent the UNC Wilmington game at the beginning of the season. I think the staff's hope is that he, they can look at him and say, see, you know, if you have a little confidence, you make a couple of shots, you can do some things. I mean, he you know, made a couple of threes and, you know, before you know it, he's, uh, has a running one-hander in the lane that went in. Um, it's amazing what confidence can do for a player. I think the same thing, uh, with Leaky Black, you know, it wasn't spectacular. Um, there were still some issues, but it was better than it was against Clemson. Um, and obviously better than it was against Pittsburgh. He hit a couple of threes. Um, he had a couple of nice passes. So if you're the coaching staff, you just have to hope that the guys don't get too down on themselves for another loss and that they, um, you know, have some confidence because they did play, you know, for this team, relative to this team, they did play pretty well. And you just hope they can build on that. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll go ahead and wrap it up there, Sherelle. Thanks a lot for talking with me and hope that you have a good rest of your night. All right, you too. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.